What's up? Hi. I love you. It's so good to see you. So grateful to be here with you all. How many people excited to be in the place tonight? This is how we start summers. I'm so excited uh, to be with you all. And um, I, I just want to jump right into the word. Is that okay? I want to read some stuff and get into some things. How many people came expecting a word from the Lord tonight? You're like, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm glad I bounced. But I need to hear the word. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> Cannot believe that worked. Anyway. Acts chapter number three, I want you to go to the book of Acts chapter number three. If you're a Bible nerd like me, then you know that that's not actually the title. The title of uh, uh, Acts is really the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And, and I want to read something in Acts chapter number three uh, and, and then kind of give you the title of where I'm going. I just want to jump right into it. They told me uh, uh, that, that I had until midnight to preach. And I'm like, I got so hyped about that. Is anybody else hyped about that beside me? I'm not going to preach until midnight. That's just, a, uh, some of you all are like, no, I got to go. So I won't preach until midnight. We'll probably end at about 11.52. Good. <laughs> How is like midnight bad for you? But like 11.52 is acceptable. This is, amen, brother. Go ahead. It's really good. Okay. Uh, Acts chapter number three. I want to read uh, this to you and then we'll pray and then we'll just kind of go where we go. Is that all right? All right, here we go. Uh, Acts chapter number three, starting at the first verse, it says this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. Oh, they're so sweet. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. Now, I said that with an exclamation mark because it has an exclamation mark. So you shout when there's one. Look at us. Everybody say that. Look at us. Say it with an exclamation mark. Look at us. That's exactly what happened. All these echoed ones, it's like, look at us, look at us, look at us, look at us, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly like, yeah, yeah, expecting some money. How many people, if somebody said, look at you, you would be like, money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then... Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized that he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So good. 
uh, uh, how many nerds do I have in the room? You're, you're a bona fide nerd. You're like, I'm a nerd and I'm happy about it. Like you love to take notes. You look up words in the dictionary. You're just, you're just a nerd. Come on, you should be proud to put your hand up. Especially if you have on good deodorant, put it up real high, real high. All right, now, now, keep your hand up for just a minute. I want everyone who doesn't have their hand up to look around. The people that have their hands up right now, those are the people you'll be working for in five years because nerds rule the absolute whole world. Nerds rule the world, okay? So, so if you're a nerd and you like taking notes, I want you to take notes on this. If you're not a nerd, I need you to be a temporary nerd for tonight. I need you to take some notes on some things because I believe in three days after, after I leave and go back home, you'll, you'll be able uh, uh, to claim this sermon as your own and, and share it with some people and it'll be a blessing to them. Uh, so here's the title of this sermon. The title of this sermon is simply, Give Them What You Have. Give them what you have. Give them what you have. Would you say that with me? Give them what you have. Again, like me, give them what you have. One more time now. Give them what you have. It feels good. Now give them what All right, that's good. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to give what we have. Amen. That's the end of the prayer. You guys don't know what to do with that. I'm the guy you went over at Thanksgiving dinner. We pray quick. Acts chapter number three is um, a turning point, a very quick turning point uh, in the life of the men and the women who have been following Jesus. It opens up with the ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ giving his final instructions to his disciples before he miraculously steps into a cloud and ascends into heaven. It's one of the things that we don't talk about a lot. You know, Easter just passed and we talk about the resurrection. Uh, not a lot of people talk about the ascension. I think it's just one of those things that uh, uh, our, our narrative as believers is already so uh, profoundly preposterous to those uh, that don't believe in our faith that, that, that when we start talking about a virgin birth and we start talking about the death, burial, resurrection, uh, uh, that, that we, we champion that, but, but we leave out the detail that, that not only did he rise uh, from the grave, but he actually left earth physically just... He just... He just dipped... And I just think that's so gangster. I just think that's like the perfect way to leave after you've conquered death, hell, and the grave. To take your disciples up to a mountain and be like, hey, man, don't worry about anything. Everything's going to be all right. Stay in Jerusalem. Uh, uh, and then the Holy Spirit's going to come down. Y'all good? Y'all good? It's not time for you to know when the, you know, when the end of all things will be. But, but until then, uh, you'll be good. Oh, look at that. My ride's here. Got to go. And he just dips. Your boy just goes straight up. 
hey, John, can you see him anymore? Just, Thomas, can you see him anymore? I doubt it. Oh, some of y'all got it. Man, Philip, can you see him anymore? Not, not quite the sun's in my eye. Which one? You guys are so smart over here. They, they, they stand there gazing so long, two, two, two angelic beings that are wearing all white have to come down and literally snap them out of it. Hey! Hey! What are you doing? Why are you standing here gazing? The same guy you just saw go up is going to come back down, but you can't stay here. You have to turn the whole world upside down. They move on. They, 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 they move on from where they are, and they, and they go into this upper room, and in Acts chapter number 2, there, there is this incredible moment that happens that, that turns what would be cowards into the most bold, declarative, clear communicators of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They have one message that we were with this man, we saw this man, and he is Lord, and God raised him from the dead. They are infilled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter number two. They run downstairs, run out of the house, and begin to declare in different known languages that Jesus is Lord. All these people hear it, and as they hear it, they are astounded that they can hear the clear gospel message in their own native language. And things immediately begin to change and to shift. Peter's first sermon that he preached without his rabbi around, 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ off Peter's trial sermon. Had never preached before, but, but he opens up his mouth and, and, and he just kind of stumbles through this narrative of, of what it means to come into a relationship with God and to be baptized and receive his son Jesus. And 3,000 people get saved. That's pretty dope. And we get to Acts chapter number three. And, and as amazing as it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, 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 and have a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ, it did not keep these men from, 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 from being connected to community, from going to the house of God, from walking into the place of prayer and communing with brothers and sisters and saying, uh, there needs to be time for, for me to just reflect and to, to lean into times of prayer and refreshing. And, and they were going into the temple simply to pray. Three o'clock in the afternoon. You know what? Look at your watch. It's 2.55. Let's, let's get to the place and, and let's pray. And as they're walking in, they see a man who is been strategically placed outside of one of the gates that lead into the temple. This man, Scripture says, was uh, uh, born lame. He, he, he was born 
uh, with the disability that, that, that hindered him from experiencing life like everybody else. And they brought him, interestingly enough, to uh, uh, the, 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 the place where, where miracles can happen. They brought him to the place where, 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 where change and transformation should be expected. But the thing that was interesting when I read the narrative to you all is that, that they, did, they didn't bring him into the temple. They, they brought him up to the temple. They didn't bring him through the doors of the temple. They, br they brought him to one of the, the, the gates of the temple and they, they laid him down and they had an expectation of the people that were going into the temple. Anybody besides me have some expectations of those around you? Anybody have some expectations of your parents? I expect you to keep these lights on. Pay the mortgage. Buy some groceries. Anybody have some expectations of your friend? When I text you, you text me back. Amen. Got a 120 second rule. Unless you are asleep or dead. Within 120 seconds, you text me back. If not, I blow you up. <laughs> where are you? 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 I just saw you on Insta five minutes ago. Where are you? Stalker? There's an expectation. I believe that we should have an expectation every time we come into the house of God. I believe that we should have an expectation. I don't care if you're 11, 18, 28, 88. When we come into the house of God, I believe that there should be an expectation that God can do something significant in my life. God can do something transformational in my life. I believe that this Wednesday night, I will never be the same just because I showed up. I may not feel like being here, I may not even want to be here, but the fact that I'm here, God, what I'm saying to you is something can be different in my life because I showed up. That's the expectation that we should have for the house of God. What was amazing to me is that when they brought this lame man to the temple, that was not their expectation. Their expectation was, hey, I don't know exactly what's going on on the inside of that place. But here's what I do know. The people that go inside that place, may, maybe they'll have some money for us. Maybe they'll have something that will be sympathetic to your needs. So every day they put him outside of the temple, and there he would beg for some money. There he would beg for something that he wanted. There he would plead and ask if you could meet what seemed to be his need. Quick poll, is there anybody in here uh, that, that have some friends um, that, you know, you're too nice to call them a beggar, but they kind of ask for some stuff a lot? Anybody? Now, if you're sitting next to them, look straight ahead. Don't look. Don't look to the side. Just go like this and blink twice. It's them to my left, right? Anybody beside me? Let me, let me, let me tell you, maybe, maybe let me extend the poll more specifically. Have you ever been to Chick-fil-A? And um, have you ever ordered like a large waffle fry? 
and, and has, has your friend also ordered some large waffle fries? And, 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 and as you're eating your waffle fries, their fries and your fries, um, they ask for one of your fries? And they're not even done with their fries? And you're like, this, is, this seems, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't even seem natural. It's not like you're eating a fruit cup and ask for one of my fries. Hey, quick life hack. I just found out that you don't have to get that fruit cup with apples in it. I was today years old when I found that out. That you can literally go and be like, hey, I would like a fruit cup, no apples, and they will take the apples out. Extra mandarin oranges as a party for somebody. I just helped. I just saved your life. I just say, I know, I know, about 50 people. Your life just got saved. I know you did. Okay. You, 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 ever, you ever had somebody, you ever had somebody ask uh, uh, to, to, to wear a piece of your clothing? Your friends come to your house and they're like, man, can I wear your shirt? And you're like, really, bro? I mean, because I like you. I just don't like you that much. You have a sweat problem. And I don't want that in the fibers of my cotton. Anybody? You, 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 you ever been around somebody that, 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 that they ask you for some things and, and, and when you can give it to them, you will give it to them, but, but when you don't have it, you, you, you just don't have it. Has, has anybody ever asked for, uh, been asked uh, something and you just didn't have it, right? So, so somebody ever asked you for something, you just didn't have it, right? They, 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 they ask you, hey man, can you give me 50 cent for the vending machine? You're like, oh, don't have it, Right? Somebody says, hey, can I, can, can I borrow your phone for a minute? And you're like, ooh, don't have it. I mean, it's in your hand, and you're like lying to him. I don't, haven't seen my phone. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> Somebody ever asked you for the code to your phone? I don't have it. Don't even, I don't even know it. Th this man that was outside of this beautiful gate, the man that was outside of this beautiful gate, he was requesting something from the people that were going in. Listen, I don't know this guy's frame of mind, but I find it heartbreaking and sad that this man could rock all the way up to the doorstep of a church and not even believe for what's on the inside of that church. Just to ask for something that, 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 that he could expect from them, but, but, but not really believe for what's on the inside of them. And, and here's the thing that, 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 that makes it uh, evident. This man had, had been given the things that he wanted. This is why he sat out there every day. It's because people actually gave the man whatever he was asking for. Whatever will shut you up. You want some? Oh, here, here, I have a dollar. Take it. I got 50 cent. Take it. You know what? I got an extra five. God's really blessed me. Take it. I, I hear what you're asking for, and I'm not, I'm so much of a hurt. I'm so in a hurry to get inside of the temple. I'm so in a hurry to get to church. I'm so in a hurry to get to FSKO that, that I don't even care what you're talking about. Just take it. We've never slow down enough to, to listen beyond what people are asking us for. 
to really ask God to give us discernment and say, God, I don't want to know what they want. I want you to tell me what they need. I, I don't just want to give them something that they're asking for. I, I want to give them what they actually need. And over and over again, day in, day out, week in, week out, this man sat there and he begged for alms and, and had his cup filled with the things that he requested because too many people were so busy in a hurry to get inside of the temple that they never assessed the needs of the person that was right outside of the temple. But on this day, everything changed. Peter and John show up to the temple. When they show up to the temple, this guy looks at them, kind of gets a read on them, decides to ask them the same question he's asked day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Hey, can you, can you give me something? I, 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 I have a need. If you give me some money, I know you're about to go into your, your, your worship service, but uh, if you could just give me something right now, that, that would really help me out. I want you to know that, that it's the cry of a generation. We have a whole generation crying out for the things that they feel like they need. We have an entire generation crying out for the things that they feel like will make them better. But there's, there's some brokenness on the inside of them. And they don't know exactly what to ask for. And so, so just give me anything. Give me, give me the music I want. Give me the, 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 the medication I want. Give me the drugs I want. Give me the drink I want. Give me the people I want. I, I'm just trying to feel better. I'm broken on the inside and, and I just need something. Will you just please give me what I need? And it takes some spirit-filled young men and women to look past the cry of what the generation is clamoring for and ask God, what is the real need of the generation? What exactly do you want us to give for these people to live? Peter and John rock up. This guy's begging for his alms. And Peter looks down at him. This is a really intense moment to me. I, I really want to play it out for you the way I see it in my head. So will you help me out, bro? Yeah, just come up here. Just come up here real quick. Just come up here real quick. I really want you to see this the way it's in my head. So, 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 what's your name? Jay. Jay. Everybody give it up for Jay. My man. All right, Jay, you're going to be the lame man, okay? So you got to... Wow, that's a... I need you to be lamer than that, actually. Wow, I don't need you to be dead. Um, somewhere in the middle. Okay, that's a, <laughs> you're the chillest lame man I've ever seen. I'm going with it though, okay. So um, this will be your, now make sure you give this back, right? So, so that'll be your, your, your little, yeah, that's your, that's your basket, right? Okay, it's a pretty cool basket, okay. So Peter and John are coming, so I'm Peter, but I need a John. Boom. Come on, John. 
Let's go, John. I don't even know his real name, but he's John right now. It's hilarious. What's up, buddy? What's, what's your name? Huh? Lane. I thought you said lame. I was about to say, wow. This is prophetic. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so, so Lane, you are now John, okay? So we're about to go into the temple. Come with me, come with me. Okay. So we're about to walk into the temple, okay? Now, don't walk on this. Earlier for sound check, I almost died, okay? If you step on that, you may not come back. So, so actually, get on this side because I don't know what the insurance is here at New Springs, so just want to make sure everything's okay, okay? So we're, 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 we're just walking into the temple, right? Because it's, it's about to be 3 o'clock, John. We should go pray, right? Let's just go. Let's just go pray. Oh, any gold or silver? Hey, John, you got any gold or silver? You don't have any? I, I love how he pondered it. He, I have taken a Dave Ramsey course. I have some investments. I don't know how quickly I can liquidate them. I love you, Lane. Come on, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. You got to do the exact same thing, bro. That was amazing. I love you. You ready? Yo, John, we should go to the temple, right? It's about 257. Let's go in there. Let's, let's go into the temple. Oh, you got some money. Oh, man. John, do you have anything? Oh, you got to do the whole, you got to do that thing. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. You got to remember to do this, this, because that was, that was money. That was money. You got it? Okay. Hey, yo, John, we need to go to the temple. It's like 258 now. <laughs> we need to go pray, don't we? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go pray. Let's go pray. The layman said, I'm broke. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, this is, wow. <laughs> this is improv night. It's <laughs> fantastic. All right, all right, all right. Hey, John, this guy's broke in more ways than one. Do you have any money that you could give him? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have any money, huh? Let me check to see if I have. I don't have. Mm-mm, not in that pocket. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. So they don't have any money. So then this is when things get awkward. Scripture says that Peter and John kind of move up to the guy and just look intently at him. I don't know how long this lasted, but Peter and John are just. They're just lasering a hole through this guy. Now, let me tell you why I believe they looked at him intently. Because you cannot assess the real need of the person that, you're, that you need to help if you don't look at him.
See, we have too many people. Back up with me, John. We have too many people walking past a broken generation like this. Rewind. Now, do the bag thing again. Come, keep going. That's how society walks past a broken generation. I don't even want to look at you. Because if I have to look at you, then that means that I have to really pay attention to what you're going through. And so because I don't want to do that, I would rather ignore you and act like I have to be somewhere really quickly. Now, 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 here's, here's what makes it, here's what makes this seem bad. Scripture doesn't say this guy is in front of Food Lion. It doesn't say that he's in front of the mall. He's in front of the church. And the majority of the people that come by just come by like this. John, are you going to go back? Or? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Peter and John do something completely different. This guy begs, and they both look at him, and they don't take their eyes off of him. And then something happens that seems like it was already happening but then Peter's words let us know that maybe it was only happening one way. Look at us! <laughs> so we're looking at you. It starts to get really awkward for you. So you start like, mm, man, man, if you don't have no money, just say so. Why are you just going to stare at my whole situation like this, bro? You, I mean, you're just going to... Look at us! He demanded his attention. When it comes to dealing with the broken generation, you have to demand their attention. You have to command them to look in your direction. We can't just keep talking about brokenness and walking past it. We have to be able to look it right in the eye and demand that they look at us back before we tell them anything that we want to see done with them. Look at us. Thank you. Appreciate you. So John here doesn't have any money. And I don't have any silver or gold to give you. I don't know how that makes you feel. Kind of crappy. Thank you. Um, but I do have something for you. Do, do you, can, can I, can I give you what I have? Really? Are, are you sure you want me to give you what I have though? Because, because what I have is not what you asked for. What I have is not what you're expecting. What I have is not what you're anticipating. It's not even what church folks have given you in the past. What I have for you is completely different than what society would ever give you. Are you sure you want us to give you what we have? I'm so glad you said yes. 
or else you would jack up this whole Bible verse. <laughs> then Peter says, in the name of Jesus the Nazarene, the man called his name and his address. That's how gangster Peter is. I know his name and where he lived, right? That's just awesome. Yeah, isn't that good? In the name of Jesus the Nazarene, rise up and walk. Now, he makes this command, but after he makes this command, he puts forth his hand. Rewind. After he makes his command, he puts forth his hand. Rewind. Hear how we, this is how we have been trying to reach a broken generation. Get up! So lazy, get up! In all your brokenness, can't believe you're just still like that. Get up! Oh my goodness, what's wrong with you? I don't understand what's wrong with this generation. In my day, why don't you just get up? I mean, I don't understand why this generation doesn't like church. I don't understand why they don't just get up. Why don't you just, why don't you just pray? Because you haven't made a physical connection with them. You cannot just shout orders at this generation and think that's going to inspire them to change. They will appreciate your words when they know that you are showing up physically to put a hand out and help them to get where they need to be. This generation needs a hand up so they can be everything that God has called them to be. So in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up. Now, putting this back over here because we're going to need it later. This guy, you look like you're in shape, so great. This guy jumps up. He starts walking. He starts walking. He's never walked before, so he is like, okay? Because if you've never walked and you start walking, you probably hit some Mariah Carey octaves as well, okay? But after he starts walking, he starts leaping. <laughs> okay. It's your leap, not mine. Then it says he starts jumping. Yeah. Yes. Then it says he starts really praising God. except he didn't stop. Okay. All right, all right, so, so he gets up, okay? He's not even in the church yet. This didn't happen at an altar call after the message. This didn't happen during worship. This happened outside of the church doors, which means he came in like this. 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 He, 
So, so let me, let me, let me, because I want you to see what's in my head. Come, come, come. You, so we're about, we're walking through the temple doors on this side because we don't want a lawsuit. Okay, so we, we, we are walking in, but you're leaping, jumping, praising God. Ready? We're walking into the temple. So when we get in the church, he's already like this. The people that have been walking past him for weeks are now looking at this guy and probably wondering, what's wrong with him? He must not know our worship protocol. We don't worship like that. Why don't he shut up? Why is he jumping so much? He's ruining our worship experience. But he had a real one outside. Not the religious one that you got accustomed to inside. This guy is leaping and jumping. And Peter and John are like, yeah, that's what happens when you follow Jesus. He told us greater works shall we do. Because he jumped on the cloud. <laughs> I love you, John. You my boy, John. You beat me to the tomb, but I went in first. Okay, so read your Bibles. Everybody's in amazement. Except for Peter and John. Because they expect this to happen. They expect miracles to happen. They expect lives to be changed. They expect God to do things that only he can get credit for. And so for my nerds, I have two points that I want you to write down. And then we'll be gone. But not before you give Jay and Lane a huge hand. Two points, two points. I want you to write these down. Just two simple points. They're like kind of no-duh points, but I want you to have them so you can be calibrated, all right? Point number one, please write this down. You can't give what you don't have. Can I? It's real talk. You cannot give what you don't have. And so I, I, I want you to think about it this way. When it comes to your faith, God is not asking you to do something that, 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 you, that, that you don't have on the inside of you. But let me tell you something. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then, 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 then there's a good potential that anything that he's asking you to do, he's equipping you to do it. It doesn't matter what it might be. You can give the most miraculous things to people in what may seemingly be to you in significant ways. Yesterday I was on a flight coming here and there was a man that was on the plane on the row opposite me. And he's on the phone with several people and he's speaking above a whisper and in a tiny tube you can hear conversations very, very well. 
And he was flying from Dallas to South Carolina because his son made a Snapchat video that said that he was going to end his life. So his son, his father, brokenhearted, was on this plane hoping to get back before his son did something permanent based on a temporary circumstance or situation. He's on the phone with the police. He's on the phone with his father. They find his car, but they can't find him. And that guy's just broken on the plane. And I, I began to just pray for him. Silently in my heart, I just began to pray for him. And as I began to pray for him, the Holy Spirit said, um, I'm going to need you to go over there. I'm going to need you to flip to the other row. There was an empty seat next to him. Go figure. It's an empty seat next to him. He's in the window seat. The aisle seat is open next to him. The Holy Spirit tells me, I need you to go over there. I need you to pray for that guy. You, you, need to, you need to physically touch him and pray for him. And I don't know if you've ever been like this when the Lord tells you to do something, you, you start making excuses. Anybody beside me? You're like, oh, oh my goodness, no. I mean, he looks busy. He's crying already. I'll just pray from here. It's a shaky hand if you're Pentecostal. And the Holy Spirit says, no, no, no. You, you, you know what to do when you get like this, Tim. And I do. Sometimes, even after 23 years of being in ministry, when, when situations are awkward or, or I start to get a little bit nervous about them, I asked the Holy Spirit to give me boldness. And so I stood up and I went to the restroom and I looked myself in the mirror and I just said, Holy Spirit, would you give me boldness to be as diplomatic as possible in this moment, but bold enough to do what you've instructed me to do? And I walked back to my seat and sat down and the captain called for final descent. That everybody needs to be in their seats buckled up the plane's about to land, and the Holy Spirit said, do it now. And so I jumped over to the next seat, and I said, hey, man, I, I wasn't trying to eavesdrop on your conversation, but I can't imagine what you're going through right now. Would you mind if I prayed for you? And he looked at me in the same way that this lame man was looking at Peter and John and he said, I would love for you to pray for me with tears streaming down his face. His name was Chuck. His son's name was Logan. I just began to pray for him. I said, God, I don't know what exactly Chuck is going to experience when this plane lands, whether his son will be alive or not. But God, I pray that in this moment you would give him incredible peace, incredible comfort. And God, that you would, you would reach Logan. And that you would let him know that, that this, is, this is a temporary situation he's in. He doesn't need, need to make a permanent decision by taking his life. We pray for him to plain land. And I would love to tell you that I know the conclusion of the story. I don't. Here's what I do know. I looked at a man and instead of passing him up, I reached out and touched him and believed God for a miracle in his life. 
I don't have the official report, but, but I, I did hear earlier that, that they found the kid and that he was still alive. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> Prayers work. You can't give anybody what you don't have. Just give them what you do have. Point number two, and then I'm done. Give them Jesus whether they want him or not. The cry of a generation needs one thing, not two, not three, not eight. Give them Jesus whether they want him or not. That's what I believe changes a generation. That's what I believe will change everybody in this room. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I believe God wants to do some some things for you in the same way he did some things for the man in this text. You may be a young lady in here. You may be a young man in here. And and there's a brokenness on the inside of you emotionally, maybe spiritually, relationally. And people have been passing you up and not even paying attention to the real need and the real cry of your heart. I'm telling you today to look on us. We want to connect with you in a way that looks past what we think you want. Really have the Holy Spirit identify your need. Maybe you've dealt with the physical challenge like the man in the scripture. We believe in a God of miracles. Creative miracles, transformative miracles. Miracles that doctors have to declare miracles. I believe that with every head bowed and every eye closed that God wants to take some young men and some young women by the hand lift you up and allow you to do some things that you've never done before because you have some people around you that loved you. Clayton's going to take us deeper. I just want you to stay in that moment and let God speak to you. Every campus, every head bowed, every eye closed. There's a lot of people in here tonight. You're at Fuse every single week, and we're glad you're here. Every campus, Columbia, Charleston, Florence, Greenville. But there's a lot of people here at FSKO tonight. You haven't been at Fuse in a long time. Maybe it was spring break. You did something that you thought ran you away from God. So you've been out for a little while, scared to pick up your phone when your group texts or calls. Maybe you just got distracted. Maybe you're busy trying to figure out what you're going to do in the fall, where you're going to go to college, where you're going to apply for a job, what you're going to do, how you're going to transition into high school. There's a lot of people here you've never been here before in your whole life. There's people at every campus you've never been here before. The good news is this. Every single one of us needs God to do a miracle for us. 
It may be in your body. You may need a physical miracle in your body this summer. It may be a spiritual miracle that there's somebody in your family, there's a brother or a sister or a best friend or a mom and dad, a grandma or grandpa, there's somebody in your life that you care about so deeply and they're far from God and it tears you up and you need God to do a miracle in your family spiritually. Some of you, you, you may need an emotional miracle. Like you just cannot get out of a rhythm of feeling a certain way and making certain decisions and thinking certain thoughts. And you need God to do a miracle in you. The thing is, we all need God to do something for us. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to be bold because the thing that set Peter and John apart when they went to the temple, the thing that blew everybody's mind is not that they were master theologians. It's not that they were incredible Bible scholars. It's that they had spent time with Jesus and it made them bold enough to look at people and expect God to do miracles. So some of you came here tonight, you were invited by somebody, you listened to a silly song, and you've just been silly and having fun the whole time, but what's happening in your heart is God has been talking to you since you walked in the door, and you know, oh no, tonight is a big deal, and I didn't even know it was going to be. Some of you got invited, and you came for a snow cone, and you thought all God wanted to do in your life was give you a snow cone, and you just been for the last 20 minutes laughing while Tim was preaching, and you just can't stop thinking, oh, no, tonight's a much bigger deal than I thought. Because God, for the last 40 minutes, has been introducing himself to people in every room all across the state. Myrtle Beach. Down in Greenwood, there are young men and young women. You're in here. For the last 30 minutes, you have no idea what you've been hearing, and you have been hearing the voice of God telling you this. My name is Jesus Christ. I'm Lord, and tonight's the night you give your life to me. You came for a snow cone, and what you're getting is salvation. But here's all it requires. It requires the same boldness that Peter and John approached this man with. All you need to do is say, I believe that Jesus is Lord and I'm ready to receive his salvation. And it's okay if you're afraid because you're sitting near your friends and you don't know what they're going to think. It's okay. There's no courage unless there's fear to overcome. It's okay if you're worried because mom and dad think you're already a Christian and they don't know what you're going to think if you come home and tell them that you really met Jesus tonight. It's okay if you're afraid. But I believe with my whole heart that over the last 37 minutes, the Holy Spirit has been introducing people all over the state of South Carolina to the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think right now it's going to be time for some young men and young women to be courageous and overcome your fear and get ready to give your life to Jesus. Are you ready? So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to sneakily raise our hands. We're not going to slip it up by our ear and pray a little whispery prayer. We're all going to pray out loud together because, side note, we all need salvation. We're going to pray it out loud, and then we're going to do something bold. Okay, so I want everybody, you don't have to yell this, but say this with me. Jesus, I believe you are Lord. I need you to save me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Teach me how to follow Jesus. Make me courageous in Jesus' name. Okay, here's what we're about to do. Everybody at every campus, eyes up. Eyes up. Everybody, head up, looking around. 
There are people in every room across the state of South Carolina. This is happening. What you're experiencing in your room is happening in cities and in buildings all over the state of South Carolina. And right now, we're about to do something bold. Are you ready? Say yes. If tonight the Holy Spirit has been working on your heart for the last 20 or 30 minutes, and tonight you are giving your life to Christ for the first time, you say, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I believe Jesus is Lord, and I want to be a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus. If that's you, then I'm going to count to three, and I want you to stand up in front of your group leader, in front of your friends that are looking, in front of your girlfriend that sneakily invited you to FSKO because you need God to do a miracle in you this summer, and it's starting right now. All right? So if tonight you are giving your life to Christ for the very first time, and you are ready to boldly proclaim in front of your friends and everybody that you're a Jesus follower, then when I get to three, I want you to stand on your feet. Are you ready? Gonna take some boldness. Look at the person to your left. Say, if this is you, you gotta be brave. Look at the person on your right. Say, if this is you, you gotta be brave. Look at that person on the left and say, if this is you and you need to stand up, I'm committing to stand up with you. Look at the person on your right and say, if this is you, grab my hand and I will stand up with you. You ready? One, if you're ready to follow Jesus with your life, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter how connected you feel to what's going on here, two, when I hit three, you stand up. Are you ready? Three, if you're ready to follow Jesus and give your life to him, you stand up. Hey, if you're scared, grab a hand beside you. Say, I need to stand. I need you to stand up with me because I know this is me and I'm just scared. In Greenville, Charleston, Florence, Columbia, Powdersville, everywhere, you stand up, you're ready to follow Jesus. Yes, hey, come on, stand up by yourself over there. I see you, young man. All right, here's what I want to do. Leaders, if there's a student standing near you, go to them. Have, let's have a conversation with them. Let's take them out, and let's have a conversation with them. Let's get some clarity behind what's happening in their heart tonight. And everybody else on every campus, while there's a bunch of people getting saved and giving their life to Jesus, I want everybody to look up here because now's the time for all of us to respond. Are you ready? Who needs a miracle? Raise your hand. Me, my hand's up. Everybody's hand should be up. We all need God to do something. A miracle is something in your life that you can't do on your own. God can do it. So here's what we've got. At every campus, all across the front of the stage, we have these. We got pens, and we're just gonna take a few minutes here, and we're gonna pray. And this sheet of paper says this, Summer Miracle Card. Here's what we want you to do on every single campus over the next couple of minutes. You come down front, I want you to grab one of these cards. It has a place for your name. Write your real name. It has a place for your phone number. Write your real phone number. And then it has a place for the miracle that you want God to do in your life this summer. Listen, Fuse is happening all summer long. The Holy Spirit is moving in your life all summer long. And so when I pray, I'm gonna say amen. And everybody at every campus, come down here, write your miracle down, and then listen. Take a picture of it on your phone, and I want you to leave these on the stage. We're going to pray for these all summer. We're going to pray for you. We're going to call you and text you and ask you, how's this miracle going? We're going to believe that God's going to do this in your family, in your heart, in your life this summer. So come fill these out. Take a picture of it on your phone, and then leave it on the front of the stage. 
All right, everybody on every campus, go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm gonna pray, and when I say amen, you move, you fill these out, and then we'll sing everywhere, okay? So let's all pray. Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to make us bold, to make us brave, to teach us about Jesus, to show us how desperately we need a Savior, to encourage us to follow Jesus, to stir up a worship song in our heart that turns our, our, our attention and our focus off of our circumstance and our worries and our everything we have going on and just turns us straight vertically toward Jesus. We love you, God. Will you come and do a miracle in us this summer? In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's, let's write these miracles down. Come on.